Hello, Broncos fans, and welcome to the First In One podcast presented by the Denver Post. My name is Nick Cosmutter. I'm joined by my colleague, Nikki Javala. We are smack dead in the middle of the free agent frenzy. And uh, Nikki, Case Keenum, the Broncos have a quarterback. What, what's, the, what's the first reaction? Um, I'm glad it's over. We <laughs> know who it is. Um, um, I think it seemed like the most logical play. Um, it is crazy to think that so much has happened in the league and free agency technically hasn't even started yet as we're recording this podcast. Um, but yeah, as for Keenum, I think it was the most obvious play for the Broncos. You know, you can't break the bank for a quarterback that's, you know, not a Peyton level quarterback and he was going to earn big money. He got a fully guaranteed contract, um, from the Vikings as it was reported, and that's not something that you know really made sense for the Broncos with where they're at. They got a number of holes to fill, not just quarterbacks. So, um, from what I was told, Keenum was the guy they felt most comfortable with all along, and that's who they moved to quickly in this negotiating process. Um, they didn't even offer a contract to Kirk Cousins. Um, this is a guy that started his career in Houston, um, was an undrafted quarterback, uh, first played with Gary Kubiak and. Vance Joseph was on that staff as well, um, and he's kind of bounced around a bit over the years, had a really great season in Minnesota, and now the Broncos hope that he can um, replicate that here in Denver. Yeah, and you mentioned the money for uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, as has been reported, three years, $86 million. You know, that that's money, I think, that you can spend if you're a team that is right on the edge of you know, contending or winning a Super Bowl, contending for or winning a Super Bowl. Um, they were one game away last year. And so if that's the thing that puts you right over the top, um, then that's a prudent move. Whereas Denver, I, I don't think you could say, I don't think that the Broncos realistically believe that just by adding Kirk Cousins, who, you know, hasn't even won um, in the playoffs to this point, that just by adding him, then all of a sudden you're on that same doorstep, um, I, I think would be naive and and just by the way that they operated throughout this process, it seems like the Broncos uh, were obviously aware of that. Um, with Keenum, you get a guy, and I think the big question that we can talk about is he's a guy who last year was 11-3 and as a starter in Minnesota, had a phenomenal season, um, threw 22 touchdown passes against only seven picks, 68% of his passes were completed. He was just quite simply uh, an MVP caliber uh, candidate last year as the quarterback for the Vikings. So the question is, whether that's him once put into a good system with, with good coaches for what he was doing, he excelled. Or is he the guy who you mentioned he started in Houston? Um, I think his first stretch as a starter, he was 0-8 with not a very good team around him. Um, and then obviously had some trouble in Los Angeles under Jeff Fisher. Um, J- Jared Goff wasn't really growing much under that organization right. either. So that's kind of where it's at, right, when you're evaluating this is sort of, you know, what what's he going to be? And, and what do you think that – his situation in Denver would most resemble when you look at the, his previous career? Well, it, it's hard to say because I, I think there's kind of two different Keenums that we're, we're looking at here. We're looking at the Keenum that was the Vikings starter for most of the season, guided them to the 13-3 finish, and you know led them all the way up to the NFC Championship with the Minnesota Miracle, all that. That was a phenomenal quarterback. You look at you know his resume in years past, it wasn't as good, but again, I don't think the situation was as good. Now, here, he's reuniting with Gary Kubiak, and there's an obvious trust there if they're bringing him back. 
Um, you, you have to hope at least that Bill Musgrave's system is a bit more simplified and a better fit for him. Um, Vance Joseph, um, who knows the player well too from their days in, in Houston, um, he said many times over that they want to incorporate more spread concepts like RPO, which is a good fit for him. And you got to remember that he does have some weapons on offense. Not enough yet. Um, they're still filling the holes there, but he does have Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders who will be back. Um, you would think their running group would be at, at least as good as last year, if not better, depending on what they do with C.J. Anderson. They need to continue to improve the line, get another tight end. So he, he's coming into a good situation on that side of the ball. The defense is still good, so... You always hope that he's the Keenum you saw in Minnesota. Um, and I think the Broncos so far have done a good job of bringing him into the right system, having the right people around him. They still got a ways to go, of course. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's a great point is that we're sitting now, as you said, we're not even in free agency right. yet, right? So right. this is this is the first piece um, of the puzzle, and it was obviously the most important. And I think you do credit the Broncos for that part of it is that, you know, John Elway said – right after the last game of the season that quarterback was their number one priority. Mm -hmm. So they had to upgrade that position. Mm -hmm. So I think the fact that they were able to get that done before free agency even started, um, I I think is a credit to following the vision that they had for upgrading that position. Mm -hmm. I think when you, when you walk it from here now, like you said, that's the question because I don't think there's, I don't think there's any belief that Case Keenum is a guy who will come in and and erase whatever issues you have, or, you know, be able to be that sort of singular great guy who's going to cover up. Uh, everything. So the question now is, um, what do they do in terms of making it an offense that he can operate? And as you said, I think we're going to find out more in the coming days mm-hmm. about how the Broncos really plan to to integrate them. I know Minnesota, even when Dalvin, even after Dalvin Cook got hurt, they were really able to run the ball, had a strong offensive line. I think if the Broncos continue to build in that direction, um, as they've said time and again, that's the, that's really where they want their identity to be. Then I think Keenum is is a good fit if you're truly trying to go the route of being a run, ground-the-ball team. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think priority number one beyond the quarterback now is you got to fix that offensive line. Um, You know, they they got Garrett Bowles last year, and I know their intent is to keep him on the left side, which, you know, money money aside with Nate Soldier, it's going to be significant since he is the tackle on the market this year. He can pretty much command what he wants. Um, Yeah. I think it kind of takes the Broncos running out of that, though. Again, nothing would surprise me in this league. Um, but I think they got to fix that right to the line. Donald Stevenson is gone. Menelik Watson is back, but okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably look at that guard in the first round. Um, there's a there's a number of things they could do, but they have to improve that line. You've got to protect your quarterback better. They had 50 sacks last year. they got to find ways to um, keep that run game consistent, and it starts with the line. So uh, until they do that, like you said, um, Keenum is, is not – He's not the fix, you know. Right. He's not the answer. None of these guys on the free agent market were, except for maybe Drew Brees, and he wasn't leaving New Orleans. Right. So um, you got to build around them. Yeah, I mean that that's such a rare thing, anyway. I mean, there's there's only a handful of guys in the league who you could point to as quarterbacks who would um, be able to single handedly kind of make up for a lot of their team's deficiencies. That's just not really the reality. And so I think there's this obvious idea that the Broncos have to have to improve at so many positions. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll get in here in just a second into kind of what this means. You had a really great piece looking now at some of their their options uh, at the draft. But I wanted to go up over one more thing with, 
with Keenum, and that's just the idea, and, and we assume that he's the starter for 2018. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in the draft, but how much do you think that will help a team that in the last two off seasons went obviously went through yeah. the two quarterback competitions in training camp, but aside from that went through the constant swirl of will they or won't they get this guy or that guy? How much do you think just the just the idea that they're going to have a quarterback, they'll know who it is, and they get to train with him yeah. in, for, throughout the offseason. How, how beneficial do you see that? Oh, I think that's huge. And I think the, re- the receivers have spoken to that often is you know your guy. You know you have to build chemistry with that guy. You're not always looking over your shoulder of, of thinking like, well, I, I need to build a chemistry that, with this guy, but also this guy and this guy just in case. This is a starter. They have invested a lot of money in him. Um, you don't give a guy around $18 million a year just to shelve him. They, they could do that with Trevor Simeon or Paxson Lynch or any of the others. This is their starter based on money alone. So it helps tremendously, and you can start immediately. You know, the off-season workouts, um, the OTAs, training camp, everything. It, it helps the offense significantly. And they're bringing back Bill Musgrave, who was, you know, elevated late in the season, but they got a taste of what his system um, will look like and feature. So I think they're in a good spot. It's definitely better than um, the last two off-seasons when they've had so much uncertainty with – the quarterback competitions and all the coaching and offensive scheme changes. Um, now they come in. Yes, they have a new face, but you know there's some consistency around them. Yeah, I, I think too. And the receivers, as you mentioned, um, I, I think they always said the right things last mm-hmm. year. But I, I remember just being um, that first preseason game in Chicago um, when when the, the two quarterbacks, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, split reps and. You know, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders were kind of rolling their eyes in the locker room, um, you know, as, as reporters approached because, again, to their credit, they said all the right things. But you could just tell that there's this thing of like of weighing on you. You're constantly having to think about who your quarterback is right. and talk about who your quarterback is. Um, and then to no fault of their own, the quarterbacks that were in that position probably aren't looked to as long term answers. Um, so they have that whole scenario going. So, yeah, I think the idea that they could finally go into an offseason program knowing that they are going to have a starting quarterback and can kind of just play behind that, uh, I think that's got to be a big boost. Yeah, it's huge for me, too, because I don't want to ask players about a quarterback <laughs> right. competition right. I know. for I mean, yeah, the third year Oh, now. I know, yeah. I mean, that again, that's yeah, they couldn't, they simply, and, and I think we were partly surprised even going into last year. I mean, they had reason to believe that, that A, Trevor Simeon was going to improve, and I think in certain scenarios he did. Um, and then, but more importantly, that Paxton Lynch was going to arrive as the first round draft pick that they thought he would be, and and that didn't come to fruition. Um, but still, I think the surprise that they didn't have that quarterback position solidified for the second year in a row, um, they were not going to let that happen yeah. a third time. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> they spared us. <laughs> yeah, oh, this yeah. is about us. It is. I mean, right? I mean, that that's that's we're there Absolutely. every day. We got to talk to these guys. Um, so we'll, we're gonna get we'll we'll get as the as the road goes on we'll get into plenty more about um, about Case Keenum and and sort of who he is and we'll get it, as you mentioned we'll be able to get a real feel I think soon about how he'll fit in and, and that kind of stuff but now let's talk about I think the other um, you know most interesting part of this uh, you had a great piece today um, uh, about just the the options now that exist mm-hmm. at the number five pick I, I mm-hmm. think that um, we we've talked about it a lot that number five pick opens the door to a lot of options. They, if there's a quarterback there they really like, they could probably go there. But um, there's obviously other needs and other options. Just kind of give a synopsis of, of what you wrote in terms of um, where they go from here. 
Well, it expands her option. They have the number five pick. They have 11 picks total right now, thanks to that um, uh, keep to lead trade. And they have the number five selection in the first round. Now that they found their starter, and yes, it's a shorter term deal, and you could say, you know, they, they still may want to get somebody to develop behind them. Again, they have invested quite a bit of money in Case Keenum. Um, it's around $18 million a year. So he is a starter for at least a couple years, maybe longer if they ended up extending it, whatever. But this gives them options in the first round. They, could, they no longer have to go with one of the quarterbacks if they're not in love with them simply to fill that void. Whereas, remember last year, they had to get a tackle. There was no option. And had they not you know, found a true starting quarterback in free agency, um, they would likely have to get a quarterback again at number five. Now, what I was saying before is that, yes, they may still get one at number five, be it Rosen, Allen, uh, Darnold, Mayfield, even Lamar Jackson, but they don't have to. They can get, you know, like a Bradley Chubb, a player I know they're high on, a Minka Fitzpatrick to add depth or a secondary um, it looks like the Browns have the inside edge on Saquon Barkley at this point, but um, they're Quentin Nelson even. I know it's not a sexy pick to grab a guard at number five, but um, it just opens up their their ability to get the best player available for what they need. Um, and they, they could even trade back. It looks like the Bills are trying to continue to move up to get a quarterback. They got a, a couple picks. Broncos could be players there. John Elway said at the Combine that they're open for business, so we'll see. As a fat guy, I can't have you guard-shaming. I mean, Quentin. <laughs> that dude's a beast. I love him. I would love for them to draft him, though. I could see the reason. A guy who says him. that his his goal as a in the life of, uh, of an offense guard is to destroy his opponent's will to play the game. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's a great point. And I think what's interesting is we've seen this over-investment model in the quarterback position the last couple of years. Last year, the... Bears during free agency, they signed uh, Mike Glennon to um, a uh, an offseason deal in free agency to be their quarterback, but they front loaded most of the money into the first year. So they had him set up to be their quarterback, but then mm-hmm. still moved up in the draft to draft Mitchell Trubisky number two overall. So now they, they had that first year, and I don't think we know yet exactly how the money with Keenum is that fair to say about how, how it's going to be structured? I think that's still to be. Yeah, I'm not sure of the structure. Yeah. I just know like average average pay yeah. is going to be a shorter deal, around 18 ish in average pay a year, but guarantees right. unclear yet. So I mean, I think that that so being that, I think that they could do that same thing. They could follow the Bears and the Eagles of saying, hey, we you can't have enough good quarterbacks, or you got to have at least two, and and could go that way. But I think you're right. I think what it does is allows them. To have that freedom to not say, oh, well, we, we like this guy, we'd like to have a quarterback, but he wasn't the one we really wanted. Um, and as we mentioned before, with all these quarterback needy teams, there's an opportunity to get um, a real blue chip prospect if that quarterback run happens at the top. Um, we mentioned Quentin Nelson. Uh, we had talked about Bradley Chubb, the dynamic mm-hmm. defensive end out of North Carolina State. Um, you know, Which Saquon. pains me as a Tar Heel, <laughs> yeah, but I'm tar- willing to overlook that fact. <laughs> if it means just a bunch of quarterback yeah. sacks, and you have a friend for Von Miller who's, you know, some freak hybrid of him and Khalil Mack, as he says he wants to be, that 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 would be a pretty ideal mix, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and then Mika Fitzpatrick potentially. I think we know that the Broncos will target a veteran cornerback, mm-hmm. but um, if you have the ability to get a guy who's sure. that dynamic, um, so yeah, it'll. I think it'll it'll certainly be interesting to see that. Yeah. Uh, I remember a coach told us recently that if you want a good look at what you know any team is going to do in the draft, follow the money. Which teams, 
you know, what what positions are in the most money, that's probably where they're they'll go in the draft. So Yeah. You know. Yeah, because those become those become yeah. um, valuable pieces exactly. and then you can use you can do all kinds of stuff with it. Um, you mentioned that yeah, the the trade back scenarios. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 talked about um, obviously the Vikings uh, about to sign Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals signed Sam Bradford, agreed to a turn. Twenty million dollars. So that man is making so much money for not doing this a guy lot. has has <laughs> continually won like the NFL equivalent of the lottery. I mean, he was the last guy to get those bit to get the last big like first round or first overall pick uh, money um, before they they change the rookie wage scale. Um, and then he continues to to fall into these deals, even though he hasn't done a lot. Twenty million dollars. I'm sure money. he would be. He would prefer to be playing, but nonetheless, yeah, that's a lot of money to throw at a it's guy. It's not. Like it's not a bad consolation prize. Bundy. So, so that that puts him. But that's only a one year deal. So I think to me the Cardinals was well, an option for a second. an option for a second yeah. year. Okay, excuse me, but I I think that would. Still put the Cardinals as one of those teams. There's talk that the Dolphins are a team that maybe is ready to move on from from Ryan Tannehill and, and could be targeting quarterback. And then we know the Bills at this point, as we mm-hmm. record this podcast, it'll probably change as soon as we're done, traded Tyrod Taylor, their starting quarterback, and now sort of need one. They moved up to 12 with a by trading Cordy Glenn to the Cincinnati Bengals. So they're potentially in position um, to move up. But all of that is to say it seems like another viable option for the Broncos would be to move back and kind of collect assets, which with all that they have to fill might not be a bad idea either. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. I mean, it, it just gives them more picks, more you know, um, more ways to add depth. They need depth. I mean, that was also one of their biggest problems last year is they, hadn't, they didn't have much talent in the pipeline, be it the offensive line. Um, they had more defenders, but they didn't, they didn't have guys that they could readily move up. And, you know, you look at a lot of the – Broncos players now is that they've moved up from the practice squad. They didn't have that the last couple of years. So, yeah. you know, even if they draft some of these guys and they end up on the practice squad, fine. You know, it's, it's a good developmental pipeline. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think where you, you said that the most is the, the offensive line. I, I think as we've sort of began to look at these, continue to look at these needs, that seems to be um, just that real area of, you know, you need, you need a really solid swing tackle. You need, um, you need to cultivate this depth, which is just not not there. So potentially, if you move back, then you get into the realm. I think there's some good tackles in this draft. After kind of um, evaluating it, uh, did did our first mock draft, which you can find on DenverPost.com/Broncos. Um, I think I had three offensive tackles in the first, but again, it's they're not super high. Mm-hmm. But maybe by moving back, that's an opportunity yeah. to to grab another one as well. Absolutely. I mean, you always there are unknowns with. Draft picks in general, um, I, I would say that offensive line, it's a tougher transition than most of the other positions, but, you know, it's not like the free agent acquisitions have really panned out for the Broncos on the line, so why not? Yeah, what, what's, um, and, and you mentioned Nate Solder being a guy who's who's probably, I mean, just going to cost in the same market. That. And he's, you know, I, I don't know the guy well. Um, I, you know, just from what I've heard and learned about him, you know, he's got extenuating circumstances with his son who is dealing with cancer, and they have a whole medical team set up in New England. So um, to preserve that, I, I could see him staying in New England on for less money or simply retiring, though he could go elsewhere on a really massive deal. Um, I don't... From what I've been told, the Broncos are not prepared to spend that much uh, on a tackle. And if you sign Nate Solder, you keep you move you don't move them. You keep them on the left side, which would mean moving Garrett Bowles, and they want to keep Garrett on the left side. So yeah. 
Yeah. So again, that that would I think to me leave again the draft. Um, there there might be able to scrounge the the free agent market for um, you know for another backup. But John Elway did say uh, he did mention Menelik Watson as being a guy and. You know, perhaps he comes back if he gets healthy and, and a year in that system. Perhaps he he's able to improve because they were certainly high on him when they brought him from Oakland. But injuries continue to be um, sort of an issue for him. We'll last on this um, as free agency really kicks off tomorrow. What are some of the other positions you see the Broncos? Um, it, maybe not a huge splash deal, but mm-hmm. that they'll try to maybe address in free agency. I, I think there could be a, you know, a trade or two um, as a maybe move on from a couple of veterans. I know they're trying to move Trevor Simeon, um, bringing in Keenum, probably bringing another quarterback. Um, he's just the odd man out, and it makes the most sense to move him and maybe try to get something in return. You know, Atlanta is an interesting prospect. Greg Knapp is there, former Broncos quarterbacks coach. Miami maybe too. Um, and they're still listening to trade offers for C.J. Anderson. They're not going to release him. They would like to get something in return, and you know, obviously Miami is still the top contender there with Studisville and Adam Gaze. So we'll see there. They still got to figure out what they're doing with some of their own tight ends, notably Virgil Green, Todd Davis, um, because right now they're essentially banking on Jake Butt to carry that tight ends room. Um, so I, I would imagine them, you know, kind of bulking that up. Third corner, they got to yeah. find a veteran. Probably a receiver, maybe that you could find one in the draft too. They got they got a number of holes to fill. I, the quarterback was obviously the biggest one, but you know, offensive line, corner, receiver, yeah, linebacker, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just good on the list. Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, we think Brandon McManus is safe, but uh, you know who knows. Um, well, well, we'll just finish with a couple questions that we got from you guys, and, and we appreciate um, all that feedback and, and welcome questions anytime, but whether it's via our mailbag or Twitter. Um, this is uh, Dan from Westminster says, what are the chances one of these free agents pulls a Josh McDaniels and changes his mind before officially signing? Does that ever happen? Um, Josh McDaniels, of course, uh, being the guy who said, I'm going to coach the Colts and then change. Yeah, you know, look, I, I think that once these things are are out there. I don't. Rem- I don't remember off the top of my head too many times ever hearing the NBA, guys. The, the, the NBA. Mavs do it. Mark Cuban yeah. and De- De- oh, the locking yeah. DeAndre Jordan but, into, uh, a, into a house. The Clippers. It's is- it's different with NFL players because it, they don't have as much leverage, especially yeah. as the coaches or you know other leagues. Their their contracts aren't fully guaranteed, so when they lock into something, if they renege on their deal, what, what are they going to? It's. I mean. They've already reached an agreement, so it makes sense. The only time I it, typically things don't go through is if the player doesn't pass his physical. Right. Um, but I, I don't think I've ever seen one where a player just backs out. Yeah, I, um, I can't. Uh, it's coaches. It's a different deal with coaches. Yeah. Um, and I think the um, I think probably the web team, the Colts, learned sort of a. A valuable lesson yeah. for for how to Tell handle those things. Tell the man signs. Forward. Do not announce. Yeah, don't announce. Don't put a big yeah. who who is Josh McDaniels yeah. on your yeah. website, and then he backs out. And he's not a good guy. Mm. Um, this one is from Victor in Alameda, California. What are the Broncos' plans for quarterback Chad Kelly? Is he still being considered a future Broncos starting quarterback? I think they should keep him in mind for the job. I know John Elway said he is not keeping not kicking Paxton Lynch to the curb. 
but every chance he gets to start, he gets hurt. First of all, the job. They've already found a starter. There's not going to be another off-season competition for the starting job. So when we're talking about Chad yes, Kelly and his future, <laughs> right? <laughs> with, with Chad Kelly, you have to remember he really has almost zero NFL experience. Not only has he not no, he played has in, zero. Well, he hasn't played in the game, but he also hasn't even practiced, right, right. which is what I was referring to. But he's been on injury reserve, recovering from a couple of injuries, a knee and a, a wrist thing. Wrist injury, yeah. Um, so he's had like almost zero time on the field. Period. Um, I, I would imagine they'll, they'll try to see what he has. The kid has a strong arm. Um, you know, he is related to Jim Kelly, and Elway has a relationship there. So um, I would imagine they, they give him a chance to compete in, in camp and see what he has and go from there. But, again, there is no job. Case Keenum is the starter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and look, I mean, as you mentioned it, there, there's, nothing, there's nothing to be harmed by having him be in camp. I mean, they – they pay him almost nothing, but he's he's on he's under contract. There's no reason to move him. You're not going to get anything for him. Um, but yeah, you you see what you have with the kid. But that that really just means seeing how he can practice. See if he can yeah. even you know compete in, in practice. Right. It's it's weird. I, it has been weird to me. Sort of this um, you know this. And I get we get it with quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Like it's it's the devil you don't know. Um, but yeah, he he's not he is not in any part of the plans. Um, just to start uh, this year. So, um, yeah, any, any other thoughts as we kind of wrap this up on, um, on where free agency goes from here? No, I hope they slow down a little bit so I can get a nap. Yeah, Nikki um, needs a nap. It was National <laughs> Napping Day yesterday. And Nikki I did, did not, not celebrate. Did not nap. Um, well, you know, we have tons of content up at Denver Bron- denverpost.com slash Broncos. Again, this is a great time to subscribe if you haven't already. 99 cents for the first month of, um, you know, of all coverage of the Denver Post. We simply cover sports, but we, uh, our team reports on so much, so much more important things uh, at the Post. So you can subscribe there. Um, check out all of our coverage of free agency. Um, again, we have uh, options for the draft. We have a mock draft up. Uh, we have these podcasts every week. So great time to subscribe. And then again, with the podcast, you can subscribe. Uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, and all of your uh, all of your favorite podcast apps. Uh, for Nikki Jabala, I'm Nick Cosmider. We will talk to you guys next time.